1: we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. The podcast is inspired by a book I wrote called Tuesdays with Maury. More than 25 years ago, the lessons from that book, from my old college professor Maury Schwartz, as he lay dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, were the underpinnings of the book and the underpinnings of this podcast, which has now been going, Lisa, for how long? I've kind of lost track of it.
0: We are at Episode 98, and it's been going since uh, almost, it'll be two years in November. Yeah,
1: so almost two years long, which gives you an idea of how resonant the lessons that Maury taught were, that uh, I spent only probably a total of six or seven months uh, visiting him, and that was once every Tuesday, and we've now gone closer to two years doing it every Tuesday. I know. That's because when you throw a, a pebble in a pond... The pebble makes an initial splash, not particularly big, but the ripples that come from the pebble in the pond are exponentially greater than the actual splash, right? Sometimes the ripples can come yes. all the way to the shore, right? So I yes. think that's a little bit of what's happening with Maury's lessons. That it's, there's the lesson or the book, and then there's the ripples, and we are a ripple. So welcome to Ripple. Welcome to one of the
0: ripples.
1: (laughs) We are a ripple, ripples in the water, and uh, Lisa Koich, of course, is here with me, our fine producer, my dear friend. And this time of year um, always makes me think of Maury coming out of the Labor Day weekend, and where we are in Michigan, it's turned a little chilly, not cold yet. Yeah, give us give us a week, but chilly. Ooh, and I like it. <laughs> it starts, yeah, you start to see, okay, fall is shortly upon us. Fall, of course, when it comes to thinking about school cycles, is the return to school. And we're going to talk about that today, mm-hmm. because while I don't think the majority of our listeners are necessarily going to college, I do think that we have a great many listeners who have children who are going to college, Mm -hmm. And there is a challenge both for the departing and the departed when it comes to taking kids to college and saying goodbye to them when they go to college. And it is a challenge that needs a little uh, coaxing every now and then, and we can all benefit from everybody else's experience with it. I think what often happens is when a parent takes a child to college and says goodbye, they remember their own experience a lot. I remember when my father took me to college. I remember when my mother took me to college. But they're remembering it from the student's perspective. So they're remembering how they felt when their mother embarrassed them by putting contact paper in all of their drawers before she left. <laughs> and if I'm only talking about my mother here and nobody else, then so be it. But my mother actually did that. She came in, you know, she was an interior designer and she just couldn't stand to, for a room not to be perfect. And so she actually came into my dorm room and had, do you remember that stuff, contact paper it was called? Yes. It was uh, it, it was basically, oh, yeah. you know, protective stuff that you would put down on the on the base of the drawer. And it was sticky on the other side. It yeah. had, and they made it like a, in a wood finish. You know, it was it was yeah. just adhesive. It was like sticky paper, but they made it a wood finish or they made it in a white finish, or whatever. And she would cut it perfectly and put it into the drawer, and I'd have to sit there watching her do this, praying that you know my roommate, whoever he was going to be, didn't show up and see my mother putting <laughs> contact paper in the drawer. <laughs> so you remember those kind of things, but as I say, yeah. you remember them from your feeling as a student, and that's not necessarily going to help you with your feelings as a parent. It may help you not embarrass the kid the same way that you were embarrassed. It may help you understand a little bit about what that kid is going through at the moment, but not necessarily gonna help you with being the parent who is being quote unquote left. That's Mm -hmm. still a new experience when you're going through it. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit and the ways that you can kind of approach it and look at it. I have had to go through this, interestingly, uh, with now four of my kids from the orphanage in Haiti. Now, granted, it's, it's not quite the same thing as bringing your son or your daughter, who you literally have you know, raised from the womb, but I consider these kids my kids. And in many cases, have known them at least 12 years, if not longer, mm-hmm. and have been responsible for them in every way. Plus, I am the one who is responsible for them going to college. And when I mean, I don't just mean financially helping out or things, I'm the one who is encouraging them to leave their country, to leave right. the orphanage, and to come up here and go to college. So in a certain way, I've got the weight of that. It's, it's, it's not something that they necessarily would otherwise do very, 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 very few students in Haiti ever go to college at all, 1%, 1%. And of that 1%, less than half a percent go in in America. So it's me kind of pushing them. And now Mm -hmm. here I am taking them to college, dropping them off, and they're living there. You know, they're not staying with me, they're living there. And I'm going through a lot of this, what should I say, what should I do, how should I act, what should I tell them? All the rest of that stuff, to begin with, which is kind of interesting for me,
0: yeah, that is, but and for them especially, I would think that this is quite a transition more mm-hmm. so than just kids who have lived here all their lives and understand the whole concept, who might have had brothers or sisters that have gone before them, and so they understand what it's about um, right. you know, I'd love to know what they think, like what was it like to go to a dorm and you know live with i mean well, it's interesting though, because a dorm is much like where they came from. You know, it's, it's the yeah, same kind of an upscale version of, yeah. an upscale version. It would of be more
1: like they, what they came from, if situation. instead of having one roommate, they had 12.
0: Right. Uh, yeah.
1: And, uh, and instead yeah. of having a massive cafeteria, we could tell them what kind of omelet you wanted. They were sitting yeah. at, long, you know, picnic tables outside, getting a bowl of oatmeal or a tuna sandwich. Yeah. And that was it. Uh, I yeah. Mean, it's and it's kind of, of course,
0: gotta be like, in that sense, like sh- awesome for them. Like, shock. I mean, they're experiencing, I mean, that's a lot when you think about it. Wow.
1: It's a shock. (laughs) It's a total shock. Uh, And I have to navigate that. So, But I think what what I'm going through with them is is there's parallels to what parents who raise kids here are going through, and that is you are taking them from dependence to, I wouldn't call it independence, but I would call it semi-independence.
0: Yes. It's not
1: independence in that they're not going to starve if they don't go to class or they don't have to earn a paycheck in most cases. They are on a meal plan where they can eat as much as they want. They're not going to be thrown out of their dorm unless they do something wrong or or flunk out, but they're not going to get tossed out because they're not paying their rent. So until you are financially (laughs) independent, it's not true independence in that sense of the word, but it is independence in that they're spending a night, first of all, Spending a night away from uh, away from familiar surroundings, this can't be discounted. There is a security that comes with knowing your own bed, your own home, with knowing that your parents are down the hall, your younger mm-hmm. brother is in the room next door, your older sister is downstairs in the basement, wherever they all are. The going to bed at night and the waking up in the morning are things that kids use as guideposts of their security. And they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to wake up in your house and say, boy, Mom, I'm so happy that, you know, I, I always can hear you up in the morning or someone's making breakfast or hear Dad getting ready mm-hmm. to go to—or hear the car or in the garage or I, I tease my sister or whatever. They're not going to say those things. But they are a huge part of their touchstones of their life. Mm-hmm. And when you take those away, and suddenly you are sleeping in a different bed, that alone needs to be accounted for. A couple of my kids, before they came up here, said to me when I would I was down there in Haiti, and I said, you know, how do you feel about it? And going to college? And they would say, uh, well... You know, they try to smile and say, I'm I, I'm excited. But they would also say, I'm scared. And I would say, well, what are you scared of? You know, I'm going to be up there. I've never slept anywhere but in this bed. Yeah. And I realized, wow, uh-huh. okay. That's an interesting uh, observation. You've never slept anywhere but in this bed. It's true. And uh, just the sleeping alone, when you lie down in bed at night, and it's just you alone with your thoughts, who else is in the building? Who else is in the room? Who else is around? Yeah. It's important. It's really important. And yeah. uh you have to recognize that that your kids are going to go through just the 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 transition alone of okay um I don't have a security blanket here. Mom's not down the hall. Don't hear any familiar sounds. I'm hearing noises from another room with kids having a party or something like that. I, I wonder if I should be there or why are they having fun and I'm not. You wake up in the morning and there are strange people in your hallway. It's all new. And that in and of itself, before you ever get to class, is a big transition. And you, as a parent, you should allow for that. You should ask about that. You should um, say to your kids, listen, I know you're 18. I know on so many levels, you are already a young man or a young woman. And you do this, you did that, you went to this, you went to that, you accomplished this, you accomplished that. So I'm not, don't take this the wrong way, but it's okay if when you get to college, um, you find yourself crying at night for mm-hmm. the first couple of nights that you're there. My kids, God bless them, they're honest with me. They admit to me that they still are crying, it's two weeks in now. That they still cry Aww. because they they miss their brothers and sisters at the orphanage, and that they, they cry and they always want to call them. You know they don't have phones, so they, when they get here, they right. want to use my phone to uh, you know call them. And um, that's okay. And I say to them, listen, it's good that you're crying and you're missing them. It Means that you know you had a a special childhood and and you're you're missing it. But you and here's the other part, you can come back to it. This is where college is a great. Middle step because whatever it is that they're missing, they should be able to come back to on a weekend or on the holidays or whatever. So it's not a total departure, it's not a total loss. You're not mourning like I'll never have that back again. Uh, But recognize that your kids, just from the simple act of sleeping in a different bed, waking up with different sounds and different people around, going to the bathroom. You know, if they have a communal bathroom at the end of the hall. I mean, that's kind of weird. You you know, your whole life, you've gone into the bathroom in your house, and you've brushed your teeth, taken a shower, and yeah. maybe, you know, maybe somebody, you know, banging on the door, come on, hurry up, and it's your mother, get out of there, or your brother, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's it. That much, that's as much interactivity as you need it. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, there's someone coming in, taking a shower right next to you. Yeah. There's someone brushing their teeth right next to you, making weird noises, you know, someone using the toilet right next to you. These are all little things that that throw a kid's sense of balance and security off. And you need to be sensitive to that and recognize and ask them to talk about it. Ask them to, to be. Hey, is it is it weird to like go into the bathroom and? Suddenly you hear a guy uh, gargling or yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. You know, tell me about it. Uh, what's the weirdest thing you've seen? You know, what's the oddest kid who came in? You know, any, any, any embarrassing moments where someone opened the door in the stall where you were? Just get them to talk about it because it, it, this will, rather than you're saying to them, how are you doing in chemistry class? Uh-huh. This will acknowledge that you are acknowledging the change of life that going to college is about. so much of what we focus on is performance when we are parents of our kids going to college. See, and that's the difference when, when, when a a child calls home on Sunday, now that they have cell phones, I guess everybody calls whenever they feel like it. But when a child calls home to talk to mom and dad from college, chances are they're not calling to go over the details of the biochem class that they had that day. They want to hear about home. Notice how your kids will call you and ask, like, how's the dog doing? You know, (laughs) maybe the same dog that, you know, they mostly didn't want to walk or ignored the whole time that they were there. Now it's, how's the dog doing? Oh, the dog's doing great. You know, uh, is, is he eating a lot? Yeah, he ate two whole bowls today. <laughs> you, you find yourself saying, why? What kind of question is it? How's the next-door neighbor? You know, the next-door neighbor, you're asking, did you see them? Are they, were they around? Did you see them today? Yeah, I saw them. How's everybody at church? You know, okay, you didn't even ever want to go to church. What, what are mm-hmm. they doing when they're asking you these questions? They're asking to be reminded of the familiar. They're asking you to remind them of their base. They're asking you yeah. to nurture the roots. Of their plant, so to speak. Meanwhile, you may be, tell me about the poli sci class. What are you studying? What are you, you know, what, what, is there a quiz? Is there a quiz? Uh, you, are you preparing for the quiz? Are you studying for quiz? All you're talking about is performance. Yeah. And this is what I mean by there's a disconnect sometimes between the parents at home and the kids in freshman year, most especially. At the very beginning, you're thinking about performance and they're thinking about independence. They're thinking mm-hmm. about how do I let go of home? And you should recognize that and talk to them on that level and say to them, how often do you want to come home? You know, do you, you feel it's okay? You, you you want to come home in the first few weeks or do you want to kind of just say, no, I'm going to kind of cold turkey it a little bit and stay up here and yeah, get used to it? Settle in, uh-huh. yeah. Have that discussion. Talk about those things, not just what what grade did you get? because it puts a lot of pressure on the kids to think that basically they are there to achieve grades. Now, we all know that we want them to do that, and that is ostensibly the biggest reason that they're there, they're there to do well and to learn. But if all you ask about is that, you're not acknowledging the change of life, of independence, the, the, and, and you could kind of put a wedge between yourself and your child if you don't. Engage on those things and recognize it, because what can start to happen is the child is there and and they kind of want to be reassured mm-hmm. by mom and dad that they're still connected to home and that they're still they want to hear the funny stories and they want to hear about how you miss them and how everybody misses them and how, and you're not giving them that you're giving them the uh, you know well make sure you go to bed at you know eleven o'clock if you've got a if you've got a test tomorrow at nine you don't want to be going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and they're like. That's not, that's not what they're looking for in the communication. And they can yeah. start to say that famous line that we all dread as parents, my parents don't understand me anymore. My parents <laughs> don't get me anymore. And And they're liable to find plenty of kindred spirits in the room next door and down the hall and in the roommates, whatever, who are going through the same thing, and they start to commiserate. Next thing you know, it's sort of them against you. You know, the kids are all saying, oh, our parents just don't understand how hard it is here. They don't understand how different it is here. They don't." Understand. And now you have put up a little invisible wedge between the two of you that you don't want to put up if you can help it. You really don't.
0: Yeah. Commiserating with the other kids, that was another part I was thinking about. It's not just about going to school and getting good grades. This transition, at least for me, that was really hard, is you're meeting all these new people. And especially in a place like a dorm clicks form, Um, Mm -hmm. just like in high school, which these kids never experienced that because they all sort of grew up with the same group of kids their whole life, right? right? The same small group. So there are bigger issues that they're going to face that are much different than anything that they've ever experienced before. Um, and in some cases, with other kids too, because you've got to now immerse yourself into this other new world of all new people that you've never known before. Right. And find those you like, find those you don't like, um, you know, ignore those people right. who are mean. Uh, and,
1: the, and, and kids will be looking to replace the connections that they felt with their family and with their neighborhood yeah. and with their high school friends at college. And so it's important for you to maintain that relationship in a way that meets your child at least partly where they are, or else you may find yourself sort of the outside looking in, and you end up with one Mm -hmm. of those kids who famously, and I'm sure I did this myself, famously comes home for Thanksgiving break, the first time that they're coming home, let's say they went away, you know, to college far away a plane ride away or something so you can't just drive home on the weekends so Mm -hmm. they come home on thanksgiving break and how often have you heard this story they walk in and suddenly it's like everything is beneath them you know and Mm -hmm. your parental guidance is like (laughs) they roll their eyes at it i'm taking care of myself now okay they'll still (laughs) want you to do the laundry but and everything they meals. say is a challenge. <laughs> everything, every yeah. comment you make, they challenge you. Uh, and, and and it's a little bit of almost like, uh, you know, in the animal kingdom, when some of the young bucks challenge the old ones. It's like, okay, I'm out mm-hmm. on my own now. And uh, and you'll have a, have a discussion about, I don't know, current events. And the father will say something about politics. And the kid will jump in and go, well, you don't understand anything about you. Because they took, you know, three weeks of political science already or something. Yeah. and And you don't want that to start to become your relationship where – where you end up saying to your husband or your wife, what happened to our kid? Where did Mm -hmm. our beautiful, lovely, obedient, respectful kid go? And one of the ways to avoid that is to recognize the changes that are going on while they're gone and to talk about them and to allow for some of them. Let them kind of feel their oats. Let them find their way. Now, I want to play you something that is, to me, is just beautiful uh, and very special. This is from the tape of Maury and I talking in August of his final year. And we were reminiscing back about when I first came to college. And I want you to listen to what he talks about when he saw me as a student. You'll notice there's very little here about the field of study and a lot about the personality and getting to know me as a person. And after we're done playing this, I want to talk about a challenge for parents, and that is to allow their children to find a teacher who may inspire them and teach them in ways that maybe parents always thought, well, that's just my that's my area of expertise. I don't want anybody else getting close to them that way. Listen to this lovely exchange, between myself and Maury about when I first got to school. You know, I didn't come to college searching for that either. I mean, I went to college, I wanted to be a musician. I don't yeah. know what drew me to sociology, just that I like, you know, things about people and whatever, so that I started. Yeah,
2: I'm surprised you didn't major in music.
1: Well, I took a few courses there, but they didn't, all they had was classical. Yeah. You know, there's nothing much to major. Not I mean,
2: for you. Not much of a no. no, well, maybe there was some part of you that wanted that side opened up to some degree, because everybody knew that sociology was that kind of department. Right. You got taught things, but you also had your heart touched in some way, yeah. and we wanted, as I said before, students to know that there's more things to learn than there are in books. And the thing I felt with you is you were a very smart kid. and You had a lot of talent, and you had this sort of clear, sort of almost Isaac Basheva Singer style of writing, very simple, very clear, very to the point, unambiguous. You knew exactly what you were trying to communicate. And I felt that you had some of my same problem. You hid your light under a bushel. (laughs) <laughs> That's what my therapist used to, say, mm-hmm. used to say to me all the time. You know, you've got so much to give. Why are you hiding it? So it has to do with shyness to some degree. It has to do not wanting to be exhibitionistic. It has to do with fact you weren't quite sure that you wanted to be a scholar in that sense of the word. These are all my impressions, yeah. and I felt my task was one to bring you out to be more of a girl with your heart, to help you really develop your intellectual talents and to have you feel that, at least at Brandeis, you had a mentor who was very interested in you and who wanted to see you grow in all these different directions which you had potential for.
1: Now, that to me is is as lovely a statement of who Maury Schwartz was as I could provide mm-hmm. you. Because while he took his academics very seriously and he wanted everybody to read the reading assignments and write the papers and do all that, you see that his his number one concern was to bring out the best in his students. In my case, you know, bring out this, what he's a sort, of, sort of a shy, reserved part of me that, that could have been better than I was allowing myself to be, that I could have Mm -hmm. acted better than I was letting myself act, that could have opened up more than I was letting myself open up. There are professors who are like this all over campuses today. But it takes parents who are kind of open to the idea of, all right, I'm secure enough that my child is not going to be taken away from me Mm -hmm. if he or she makes a close connection with a professor now i was blessed that my parents they didn't they were pretty solid in their relationship with me and i don't think they ever worried about well who's this maury guy he's taking all these classes with because i would come home and talk about him like
0: that yeah yours
1: were (laughs) no my parents
0: would have liked that they would have liked me to have somebody like that i think yeah
1: yeah, well, and I think it's a good thing. If Now, there are some bad professors who can definitely put a kid under a spell, but for the most part, if you raise your kid well, they're going to look for people. And I was looking for someone who would kind of you know, watch over me a little bit uh, while I was in college. And I didn't realize that then, but I do now when I look back on it. The part of the reason that I gravitated to Maury and his wisdom and his guidance and all that was that I didn't have my parents with me to provide that, and I had obviously become used to that type of a thing in my life. Someone to talk to, someone to admire and to ask a question and get an answer and go, oh yeah, I didn't think about that, okay, and they're smarter than me. Someone to look up to who -hmm. you felt was more intelligent, and it wasn't to replace my parents, it was to continue what my parents had given me. And so they were able to say, well, great, if he can provide that for you while you're there, it doesn't mean you come home and say, well, mom and dad, I'm not listening to you, Maury told me this, and Maury told me that. They found that many of the principles that he taught me were aligned with the principles that they had. But it is not easy for all parents to accept that. A lot of parents do not want to accept that a kid is getting too close to a professor or other students, or anybody else, because they don't want to what? Let go. Mm -hmm. They don't want to let go. And they feel that as long as they can be dominant in their kid's life, then their child won't let them go. And they won't be left what? Alone. Mm -hmm. Right? They won't be left alone with their lives or their spouses or their houses or whatever. You know, the the bond between a parent and a child is so strong that the thought of 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 weakening it is terrifying to many people. And so even when their kids go away to college, they want to be as involved in their lives as they were when they were in high school or or even in elementary school. Mm -hmm. They want to send them packages and bring them food and go up a visit and do all that stuff. And now, this is where rubber meets the road. This is where we all grow up eventually. hmm And so the best way to sort of slowly let the rope out is to be understanding about what the kid is going through and how you can best be a complement to that that keeps your child wanting your attention, wanting to talk to you, wanting your input. If you set it up that all you are is a nag, all you are is I want to know everything about where you're going. Call me every minute after every class. Come Eventually they're just yeah. gonna they're gonna push back and they're gonna drift away because there's there's other kids that they can hang out with and you know, let's face it, you can't move in with them. Yeah. So it would be better if you find an equilibrium and to do that to go back to where we began, try to remember not so much how you felt uh, when your parents embarrassed you at college, but what you were looking for after they went home—not the moment when they dropped you off, but how you felt when you went ho- when they went home—and what were you looking for? What did you need? What did you yearn for? What made you cry at night?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And see if you can be a provider of those things. And that way your relationship will change, but all relationships change as people get older, particularly with our kids and as they start becoming independent. But it'll still be positive and it will still be um, giving on on both sides. Your child will give to you, you will give to your child. If contact paper is your thing, you know, well, all right. (laughs) Maybe you can give it up for that particular time.
0: I think the kids like that kind of stuff. I, my ki- I've my i been looking at my friends who send their ki- kids away. Wow, their rooms are way fancier than mine are. You know, oh, they yeah. go to like the container store. They buy them all these fancy things to put their stuff in. Yeah. And the kids have like, you know, down comforters. We didn't have that. Like yeah. everybody's like totally styling and comfortable. And I'm like, wow. Right. Well, but that, that, also,
1: of- that also represents a little bit of a desire or inability to let go you know let the rope out mm-hmm. i'm going to give you the same room that you have at home you're going to have all the same <laughs> comforts right. that you have at home we're going to get <laughs> you the most expensive thing and we're going to put this up and yes you have to have a you know 300 ply sheets and that kind of stuff and yeah
0: I know. you know it, it,
1: it, it's it's a bit of an effort to recreate what you created for them at home but it's it's a bit of a um a stubbornness of mm. not really wanting your child to be on their own just yet like that where yeah. they have to figure out well you know what i i need a different sheet or i need to i need to, to buy some things maybe i should get a part-time job here at school or something like that no we just keep providing and tell me what you need i'll just go get it we show up with these big care packages which you know we yeah buy everything <laughs> and we're giving them food when they already have a meal plan and it's like Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to let go that way because you feel like, well, if I, if I, if I do that, I mean, who am I? What happens to me? What, especially if it's your last child going off to college or your only child going off to college. Mm -hmm. Now what? Now what for me? And that's the, you know, the other part of this that we'll talk about in another day in some detail. But what happens when the people who are dependent on you are no longer quite as dependent? Mm -hmm. What does that do to the provider of that dependency?
2: Yeah, It does Uh as much,
1: I think, if not more, to lose that than it does to the person who no longer takes it. Remember, giving is living. We talk about that all the time, giving is living. And suddenly, if you don't have the giving to do, you feel a little less alive, you know, or you look for substitute ways to do it. Such as, you mm-hmm. know, hi, I happen to have uh, the next six hours free. I'm going to drive up to campus and just pay a visit. That okay? <laughs> uh, no, mom. Kids are like, it's no,
0: okay. no, mom.
1: Yeah, do no, follow mom. no.
0: So hide it, the beer. <laughs> yeah, it's that.
1: It's that time of year. It's September, and uh, we'll have some more discussions about kids and schooling. You know, of all ages, but uh, the college one rang true to me. Because I had to move the kids into college over the last uh, two weeks. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a, as, it's, it's, what was it, Gail Sheehan wrote that book? Uh, passages. And it's, yeah. it's a passage. Yeah. It's a passage. That's, this is a passage. And uh, take heart. Not everybody handles it well. In fact, a lot of people don't. Uh, but you're not the first, you won't be the last. So if any of this stuff has helped you, we're glad. And I sure did enjoy hearing my professor's voice talk about, uh, remind me that there are some really good teachers out there, really good teachers out there who take great care with uh, the young souls that are put in their charge. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, uh, always we welcome comments or ratings. We appreciate those. and WeTuesdayPeople.com on the web is where you can go to find out about our show about previous shows, discussion groups, different topics, just a good stirring of the uh, of the mind which Maury would appreciate. So on behalf of Lisa Goitsch, who produces this program, I am Mitch Album. We're so glad to have spent some time with you and see you next Tuesday.
0: Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because after all, we're Tuesday people.